0: and sisters again, why do you go and grab your Bible or turn on your app or whatever it is, or if you need a Bible, there's one in the seat pocket in front of you and find your place in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. We've been walking through a brief section of Scripture here over the past few weeks in this thing we call Advent, tuning our hearts to who Jesus is. We're going to wrap that up this morning, but uh, really a sweet, sweet morning today so far. Here, here's what the rest of the day is going to look like. I'm going to share a really abbreviated message from God's Word and then A few of your elders are going to join me on stage and we're going to look back at the year and what we've seen God do and really where we're expecting and hoping God to lead us over the next year and what we're excited about. Just kind of share that with you a little bit uh, from some of your elders in a few minutes. But before that, we're going to walk through the scriptures together. Uh, We've been in a series called Advent. And Advent has been a rhythm of the church for really centuries to during this time of Christmas to tune our hearts not only on who Jesus is and what he's done, but also going into a new year to look ahead to the year that's coming. And that's kind of the hope of what we're going to do a little bit this morning. So let me, let me just introduce it this way, a word that you will be hearing, I guarantee a lot over the next couple weeks, couple days going into new years, you're going to hear the word hope. And you're going to hear that word used over and over of people describing what they are hoping for going into a brand new year that's where the whole idea of new year's resolutions come from if I can have this new year's resolution things will be different a month from now or a year from now and I'm resolved that things will be different I'm hoping for this I'm hoping for that now all of us in this room can relate to that to a degree there's something maybe it's someone maybe it's a Maybe it's a hope that in the brand new year, your marriage can be healthy again. Maybe for some of you, it's going into a brand new year, you're hoping that you experience marriage. Maybe you're going into a brand new year and you're not worried about marriage, you're just hoping you get a date. Maybe that's where you are going into the brand new year, I don't know. Remember some of you are hoping that job works out that you've been waiting for, that business finally turns the corner or... Maybe some more serious things. That relationship that's been broken in your life gets restored. Or maybe some of you are a parent and you're hoping that that rebellious or wayward teenager finally comes home. I mean, in this room, I know there's a broad just spectrum of things. Even when I say that, or going through your mind, you say, yeah, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm hoping for that. So this morning, Webster's Dictionary describes hope this way and if you have no idea what Webster's Dictionary is that was before Alexa and Siri it's a book you actually have to look stuff up and look up a definition. Webster's Dictionary defines hope like this to cherish a desire with anticipation or to want something to happen or to be true. In other words hope as far as Webster is concerned is a It's a wish or it's something you really would like to be different than it is now. Now the biblical definition of hope is much, much more than that. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. Paul David Drip said, because we are created in God's image, we are hardwired for hope. You and I, as image bearers of God, we have a capacity to be able to look ahead and to desire for things to be different than they currently are. We have a capacity to look at our own lives, or maybe look at the lives of other people, or whatever it is, and say, okay, here's where it is now. Here's where I would long for it to be, so there's hope. Here's my physical situation. Here's my job situation. Whatever it is, but I'm hoping six months from now it will be different. That's kind of the Webster's definition of hope. And one of the reasons we do Advent again as a church is not only to look back and be reminded, as we have been for the past few weeks, we've been reminded in John 1, Jesus is the Word. We've been reminded that Jesus is fully God and Jesus is fully man and, and all that Jesus is. One of the reasons we do Advent is not only to look back, it's to look ahead. And to remember and to realize from the message in the pages of Scripture, no matter where our hope is or what we place our hope in, the most trustworthy, sure thing you can place your hope in is the person of Jesus Christ and His promises. And if we're placing our hope in anything less than that ultimately, then we're going to go into a brand new year and we're going to be disappointed. So the big truth this morning that we're going to look at is simply this, that Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is our only hope. Now that doesn't mean that it's wrong to hope for other things, and we we do hope for other things. But ultimately, that which we place our future, that which we trust in is the person and the promises of Jesus Christ. Anything less will leave us greatly. Greatly disappointed. So, I want to read John 1. That's where we've been reading the last few weeks together. I'm going to read the first five verses and then verse 9. We'll give you a couple big ideas, try to be real applicable this morning, and then we'll share some things with you as your elders. So, John 1, you can just follow along. We've been reading this. It says this The Apostle John, writing about Jesus, says, In the beginning was the Word. John reminds us, Jesus has always been. He's the full revelation of who God is. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. This Trinitarian reality of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He, Jesus, verse 2, was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. Apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. He's the creator. He's the sustainer of all things. Verse 4, in Him, in Jesus, was life. Life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it or was able to squash it out in any way. Verse 9, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens Every man. And what I want to do is just make a couple big ideas that are drawn from this. And John in verse 9 here says that Jesus was the true light. And by using that word true, he implies at the same time, is Jesus the true light? Then there are plenty of false lights. There are plenty of false saviors. There are endless things that you and I can put our hope in that will always disappoint. There are things that we place our hope that are unreliable sources of hope. So here's big idea number one for you is this. There is one true Savior and many false saviors. Now again, this does not mean, John is not saying to you that there are not things in our life that we will hope for. We're hoping for plenty going into the new year. But our ultimate hope and sustainer and life giver is nothing less than the person and the promises of Jesus Christ. So the question kind of is this back to us then. So because we live in a broken world and because of our own brokenness, we're very familiar with shattered hopes, right? All of us are very familiar with putting hope in something less than Jesus and it ultimately disappointing us, whether it's a job or a person or a relationship or whatever it is. So the question is, it's not wrong to hope in things necessarily, but if we hope in something ultimately that's less than Jesus, we will be disappointed. Let me give you a couple examples. Maybe you're hoping for that great new job that's going to come through, but what if when that job comes through and you get it and you're in it for three months and you realize, wait a minute, this is not all it's cracked up to be. What do you do then? Or what if that relationship that you've been longing for, the one, or that girl that you're just really trying, or whatever it is, you get into that relationship and you realize, wait a minute, this is is not what I thought it would be. Or maybe something we can all relate to at Christmas time, right? That gift that you've just been dying to get and now you've had that gift for three or four days and the newness and the shine has kind of worn off and it's just not as exciting as it used to be these things that we can put our hope in often just are not all that they're cracked up to be what happens when we spend all that money for our dream home and we realize it just doesn't satisfy like we thought in other words what happens in those situations we realize that nothing less than jesus himself can be the object of our ultimate hope Right? So the question for us this morning as we continue is very simple. And I hope this reverberates in your head over and over. Going into a brand new year, what is the object of your hope? Just do a little inventory there. And as we're walking through the scriptures this morning, I hope the Spirit of God is bringing some things to your mind. To do a little soul searching and a little soul inventory. What is it? Who is it? Where is it? However you want to fill in what is that going into the new year that I'm, is the object of my hope? We continue on. Paul David Tripp, who wrote really a good devotion called Advent about this last season, he says about the Christmas season, he says, If you look and carefully listen, this season that we're in, Christmas season, we will remind you where true hope is to be found. That freshly cut Christmas tree with beautiful pine aroma should remind you that you can't put your hope in any created thing. Like everything in creation, the beauty of that tree will fade. It's inevitable that you find yourself dragging a dead, worn-out tree to the curb, leaving behind a trail of pine needles behind you. People who celebrate with you can't be your source of hope either, because if you know them well and they know you well, you know they're weak and needy just like you. Even holiday joy can't deliver because we all know that when the season is over, we'll ultimately return to the realities of our world that we live in. What is the object of our hope? Maybe you can relate to that When I read that from Paul David Tripp. I thought a few weeks before Christmas, I had a honeydew list. and Jennifer, she's getting nervous because she doesn't know where I'm going to go with this. So she sent me out she said, Honey, we need a nice big Christmas wreath to go over our fireplace. So I went to a where everybody goes to get a, a Christmas wreath, I went to a hardware store, and they, they had this wreath there, and it was like half price, and I thought, man, that's going to be awesome, and I got this wreath, and I bought it, I went out in the car, and I said, I better check, so I took a picture of it, and I snapped it, and I sent it to Jennifer, and she said, no way, no how, that's way too small, so I went back in, I got another wreath, brought it home, we put it up on our fireplace, it was new, and shiny, and green, and healthy, That wreath today, if you touch it, completely falls apart. And I'm going to be dragging it to the trash can pretty soon, but I don't want to touch it right now. The point is, like Tripp says, all created things wear out. These wear out. So these things we put our hope in, we have to remember they cannot be the source of our ultimate hope because they will disappoint The writer of Proverbs in great wisdom says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. In other words, we've all experienced from time to time hope in something that just doesn't turn out like we thought and our heart just is sick over it. So second truth I want to draw out of this, or the big idea, the the first one is this. There is one true Savior and many false Saviors. but here's the second. This is where we're going to camp for the remainder of our time. Basic, simple reality all over Scripture is this. Beloved brothers and sisters, let's be reminded this morning that true hope is a person the object of your hope that can handle your expectations and fulfill their promises ultimately and perfectly is only the person of Jesus Christ. True hope is a person. Now, when the Bible, unlike Webster's Dictionary, uses the word hope, it's different than what you find in Webster. The word hope in the Bible has no hint of uncertainty. In other words, our worldly idea of hope is maybe it'll work out, I hope it'll work out. That's not the idea of the biblical word hope. The biblical hope is absolute, it is certain, it is something absolutely sure, yet unrealized. We just haven't experienced it yet, but it's absolutely sure. Let me give you some illustrations. Psalm 65, verse 5. The psalmist says this, You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth. Sure. Steadfast. 71.5 of Psalms. This is a great psalm. For you, O Lord, you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. That great passage. To be able to look back over the years of your life and maybe the last few weeks of your life and even looking ahead in your life and say, Lord, above all things that I desire, and I desire a lot, but above all those, my ultimate hope and security and confidence is in you and your promises. Because everything else will disappoint at times. Everything. Matthew 12, 21 says, In His name, the name and character of Jesus, the nations will put their hope. Apostle Paul, 1 Timothy 1.1, he's writing. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus. And Paul says, who is our hope? Paul says, hope is not an object. Hope is not a thing that you hope works out. Our hope, our assurance for the future can be in nothing less than the person, the character, and the word of King Jesus. That's what we build our life on. And the difference practically for you and I going into a new year, beloved, as children of God. You're building your life on something. And you're either building your life on the rock-solid promises of the Word of God and the character of who God is, or you're building your hopes and your dreams for the new year on something that's a maybe and an if and is, a sh- and is shaky and it ultimately cannot fulfill all this promise, no matter what it is. So let me give you kind of a working definition based on Scripture of hope then. Okay, so we saw Webster's definition. kind of a worldly definition. If it was a biblical definition. Go ahead and put that up on the screen. So here you go. You could define hope like this. Confident assurance. And that's something to build your life on. Confident assurance of what the future holds rooted in the unwavering character and promises of God. That's what it means. That's hope. In other words, I don't know how that relationship's going to turn out. I don't know how that job's going to turn out. I don't know what's going to happen with this. It may turn out well. It may turn out awful. But here's my ultimate source of hope. The character and the promises of God. That is rock solid. That is an anchor for your soul. That's what we build our lives on. Earthly hope. Provides a maybe. Biblical hope in the person of Jesus is rock solid absolute certainty. So, brothers and sisters, what is the object of your hope going into a brand new year? What is that that you are most trusting or depending or longing for going into a brand new year? Now, I want to try to get as practical as I can. I just have a few minutes remaining. So, Pastor Mike, I think I get all that. I hope, I mean, nothing less than the person and promises of Jesus are going to satisfy. Everything else is shifting sand. I get that. So, two questions I want to ask us for real helpful practical application, I think, is this. All right, so what happens in the life of a follower of Christ when they begin to drift from this kind of hope? What happens in my life when I succumb to the constant temptation and you face the constant temptation that my ultimate hope begins to shift onto something lesser than Jesus? Doesn't mean I don't like things, do not mean I don't want things, but my ultimate rest and hope is found in something less than Jesus. What happens in my life? What happens in your walk with the Lord, children of God? I'm particularly talking to believers here. Well, the writer of Hebrews helps us with that. If you want to flip over to Hebrews chapter 6, I'm going to give you a quick illustration of this. When our hope shifts to something else, what happens in our lives. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. If you know anything about Hebrews 6, it's a controversial passage. It's, there's some conjecture about exactly who the writer is speaking to and some different things. But we're, gonna, we're not going to get into all that. The, the point is, the writer of Hebrews is writing to believers who have named the name of Jesus and their hope has shifted. So, so they're Jewish believers. They've, they've come out of the old covenant. They've come out of the, the, the old way of commandments and laws and all of that that they believed is how they became right with God. And they've, they've now become followers of Christ. And they've begun to drift back toward their old Judaism. And they begin to put their confidence back in all that old stuff is that's how I'm right with God. And the writer of Hebrews is so concerned about the state of their soul You say, I can't even relate to that. What does that have to do with us? Every one of us faces the temptation that our heart begins to shift and put hope in something less than Jesus. All of us. So help us here, writer of Hebrews. Verse 11 of chapter 6 says, And we desire each of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. To them and to us, don't let your hope drift on something lesser than the person of Christ. When that happens, what takes place? Verse 12, so that you may not be sluggish. <laughs> what does that mean? Isn't that an ugly word? Sluggish. Nobody likes the word sluggish. Here mark that word in your Bible because here is a real challenge to you and I. The word sluggish translated in another place in Hebrews, it means dull of heart. It means spiritual apathy. It means complacency for the things of God. It means at best in a circular pattern. It means means you're not capable of even listening and learning. You sit under teaching. You're in the Word. You're trying to grow, if you will. And nothing's taking place because there's a sluggishness of heart. There's a dullness of hearing. The writer of Hebrews is so concerned for his brothers and sisters that their hope has become misplaced. Now let me just be as blunt as I can, misplaced hope, misplaced hope leads to a dullness of hearing and our spiritual appetite and will minimize our capacity to grow in Christ-likeness. And some of us are living there. Some of you might be living there going into New Year and what you've needed is to hear the Word of God. You don't just, you know, you don't read the Word of God. The Word of God reads you, by the way, Right? You need to be reminded, I don't know what's been going on in my soul, but I've been indifferent, I've I've not been growing, I've not had this hunger for the things of God. I don't know why. The writer of Hebrews says, one of the reasons is your hope has become misplaced and you are putting confidence and ultimate hope in something less than the person of King Jesus. And it leads to a dullness and a lethargy and an apathy and a less of an appetite for the things of God. The writer of Hebrews here gives an example and we won't take time to look at it, but he gives an example of Abraham and then he comes back to these believers here and he says in verse 11 again, he says, we desire more for you We desire for you that you would show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. So that by two unchangeable things, I'm in verse 18, it's impossible for God to lie. We have fled to him for our refuge and we would have strong encouragement to hold fast the hope set before us. Listen to verse 19. We have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. They're saying if you look to anything less than Jesus for your daily sustenance, your daily satisfaction, and your ultimate salvation, your soul is going to be weary and your soul is going to be drug all different places versus the anchor of the soul that is the hope that is in the person of Jesus. That's where we want to live. That's where we want to live going into a brand new year. This hope makes us dull of hearing and hinders our capacity to grow so Pastor Mike if that's true of where we are some of us and it's not true of all of us but it can be true for some of us okay then how do I real practice? how do I grow in hope then how do I get back to where he alone is my hope and there's this spiritual alertness and there's this alertness to the things of God And I'm not sluggish and I'm not dull of hearing I'm going to just give you three quick things right now this morning hopefully you can These will provide some help for you. So how do I grow in this kind of hope? Number one, and this should surprise none of of you. We say this over and over. Abide in Christ. In other words, I'm only going to hope more and more in the Jesus that I know more and more and more. I'm only going to delight in Him above all other things if I'm continuing to grow to know Him more and more and more as He makes Himself known in the Word of God to me. And as I abide and I sit and I open my Bible and I spend time with Him in communion and fellowship, beloved, I don't know, I don't know what your I don't know what your goals are going into a brand new year, but one of them could be, Lord, help me by your grace have a hunger for you and a hunger for your word that I daily sit and I spend time with you and your word and fellowship with you. Jeremiah says it this way, Jeremiah 17, 7, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Isn't that great? Romans 15.4, I don't think this one's on the screen for you. It says, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Apostle Paul writes there and he says, listen, hope is produced as we bathe ourselves in the person of Jesus and the rock-solid promises of Jesus, and hope is built and birthed and grows in our heart, and we fix our eyes on Him, a hope that is the anchor of our soul. Every time this season of the year, I think back, and Jennifer and I were talking just a couple days ago, for me personally, it's been 26 years since God impacted and revolutionized my life, I'm a different man even today because of it. I was already a believer, but I'd never really been discipled. And Jennifer and I went to an Atlanta uh, Christmas conference with Campus Crusade. We, we weren't dating by end, We were just friends. Jennifer had been chasing me for two or three years, but that's not important. Anyway, so we went to this... Um, that might not be true. I ought to confess that. Was, anyway. But as a college student who had not understood anchor of my soul, who had not understood what it meant to commune with Jesus, who had not understood what it meant to abide and spend time with Him, I went to that conference and I heard one message by a man named Tom Nelson that he opened up the Word of God in a way I had never heard it opened up before. And I left there 26 years ago with a hunger for God's Word that by His grace has not gone away. So if I could pray anything for you, beloved, going into a brand new year, is that you will, God, give me a hunger to commune and meet and fellowship with you on a daily basis, not as some, some yoke I put on my neck, but as a meal set out before me to commune with the God of the universe. For him to make himself known to you and you walk with him and abide in him and the fruit that comes from that in an abiding, growing relationship with Jesus. That's one way we grow in this hope. Second way we grow in this hope is this is we connect in community. Say, so Pastor Mike, you say that stuff all the time because it's true. Your abiding relationship with Jesus in His Word and time with Him is going to reflect in every area of your life. And in the same way, none of us are designed as believers to walk in isolation. When we walk in isolation from other believers, our hope will shift to lesser things. Hebrews chapter 10, I'll just read this very quickly. Same author, same book of Hebrews says this, ten twenty-three. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Don't drift from that hope without wavering. For He, God, who promised is faithful. Verse 24. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. How do we do that? Not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some. Here's what the author of Hebrews is saying. You want to grow in hope? You want to stay passionate about the things of God? You stay in community with God's people. Because you take an ember out of a burning fire and you set that ember over on its own, that ember that was once white hot, a flame, is going to begin to be extinguished. It was never designed to live on its own. That's us. It's the people of God. So, going into a brand new year, I would hope brothers, sisters, dads, moms, students, that there's some realization of the importance of the gathering like this of God's people. There's the importance of being in groups with God's people where we're pressing down into truth together. And man, you're able to say going into the new year, when God's people meet like this on Sunday morning, I'm there with God's people. And we'll no revival is broken out when you say, not only I'm there, I'm there on time. How about that? That'd be awesome. Abide in Christ. Connecting community, just basic discipleship pursuits by grace. And then thirdly, and this is where we'll wrap up, is, is this. And the team can come on up and just begin to play, and then we're going to move into our elder conversation in a minute. But don't check out on me. Here, here's the third one. Hope is built and grown and sustained because are, as we regularly rehearse, rehearse the promises of God. In other words, just a practice for me on a a regular basis is I've got, I don't know, 10, 12 different sections of Scripture that I just keep all over the house. Some are in my nightstand, some are on a mirror, some are in the shower, some are in my pocket. In other words, it's these passages of Scripture that I need to continually rehearse, continually speak truth to my mind about who God is and His unwavering, unchanging promises to the people of God. Man, I hope you've got those. So what I'm going to do is just to kind of conclude our time, and then we're going to stand and sing. I'm going to read, just read over you three or four different sections, short sections of Scripture that remind us of our future because of who Jesus is. Not because of me, not because of anything I've done, but because of who Jesus is. Our hope for the future is rock solid because of the character and the promises of God. Listen to this. I'm reading 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Peter writing to a bunch of exiled believers scattered all over the world who practically had no material possessions, nothing of earthly value to boast in. And Peter says to these scattered believers all over the world, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again. And listen to this. To a living hope. Your hope lives. Beloved, your hope for the future is as certain as the resurrected Jesus Christ is alive today. Amen? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. God's reserved an inheritance in heaven for you that cannot be touched or defiled in any way. Preserved for you, child of God. Reserved in heaven who you are protected by the power of God for a faith, a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and 29. Paul writes and says, We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son so that He, Jesus, would be the firstborn among many brethren. God is committed to your likeness and your sanctification and He works all things together for your good. So listen to this, child of God. No matter how dark the day, no matter how desperate the situation, no matter how it turns out, a word that can never describe a child of God is the word hopeless. Ever. Isn't that good? Ever. Because our hope is in him. Paul says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how painful it gets, this world is not yet home. There is a glory that will be revealed to the people of God. And finally, Revelation 21, it's good to read the end of the book sometimes to know how it all turns out. Amen. John writes, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there's no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and He will dwell among them, and He will wipe away every tear. There will no longer be any death. There is a day that there will no longer be any death. No longer be any mourning, any crying, any pain. The first things have passed away. He who sits on the throne says, Behold, I am making all things new. And to that, the believers say, Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Final question, and we're going to stand and sing. Going into a brand new year, what is the object of your hope. What is it that you're hoping most in? If it's anything less than the person and promises of Jesus, then you will be disappointed. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters, God, Lord, spur us on to set our hope on nothing less than you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.